What's up, everyone? This is Shiragam, and I want to welcome you to episode 45 of the Hashishin, presented by Roz and Evolution, who you can visit at rozandevolution.com. As always, thank you for tuning in. On today's episode, we welcome back Ozzy, the Cuban grower, as our first ever return guest. This episode was recorded in front of a live audience at the 2022 Smoking Jacket. Ozzy talks to us about his views on the current state of the hash market. He expands upon how important his wife, Flora, the Cuban hash queen, has been in their journey together. And we revisit a few topics from his prior interview. So definitely stay tuned for it. I want to take a moment to announce a new live date for the Coffee and Donuts to go tour. This time we'll be hitting up Denver, Colorado on February 11th and 12th of 2023. Tickets will go on sale via Eventbrite on Friday, November 11th at noon Mountain Time. Keep your eyes on our Instagram and website for more details. Denver, you've been asking, so we hope to see you live on February 11th and 12th for Coffee and Donuts with Adam and friends. Of course, I also want to give a shout out to the people who allow us to continue making these episodes and be able to share them with you, our community on Patreon. We release exclusive interviews for our Patreon community, as well as early releases of upcoming episodes. So if you ever want to support the podcast and you want more listening material, visit us at patreon.com backslash the Hashishin. That's the Hashish I-N-N via our Instagram at the Hashishin or via our website thehashishin.com. Shout out to another big reason we're able to keep the podcast rolling, our awesome sponsors, including our main sponsor, Rosin Evolution, the best bags in the game, who again, you can visit at rosinevolution.com or on Instagram at rosinevolution100. We want to thank Rosin Evolution for allowing us to provide the winners of the 2022 smoking jacket with some really awesome prizes, including a ton of Rosin Evolution credit, which the winners have been happily using, including on their full mesh wash bags, which I call the best deal in hash. So it goes to show that even award-winning producers trust Rosin Evolution's gear to process some of the best resin in the world. So if you wash or press hash, use the most trusted bags in hash, Rosin Evolution at rosinevolution.com and save 5% on your entire purchase while supporting the podcast by using the savings code THI number 710. That's THI 710 all together or by visiting thehashishin.com and clicking on the Rosin Evolution logo. It automatically applies a 5% discount to your entire order at rosinevolution.com. Shout out to Rocky Mountain Seed Bank, who you can visit at rockymountainhigh719.org. If you keep up with the hash world, you know it's all about selection and finding your own keepers. That starts with Killer Genetics. Rocky has done the work and curated an awesome group of breeders, including genetics that do well for hash, like Bloom Seedco and Turp Fountain Genetics. And for those of you that don't have the time or space to hunt, he's also making some of his prize cuts available to you. So if you need some new heat for your garden, grab them from a trusted source in Rocky at rockymountainhigh719.org and save a quarter off your order by using our savings code, the letters THI at checkout. Again, save 25% off your entire order and support the podcast by using the letters THI at rockymountainhigh719.org. I appreciate you listening and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to episode 
45 of the Hashishin. I'm your host, Shiragam Amir. Welcome to the first recording in front of an audience. And to mark this special occasion at the Smoking Jacket in Los Angeles, we have the honor of bringing back for the first time a guest, Ozzy, the Cuban grower, the king of dry sift. Welcome, brother. Thank you. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I remember, man, the, the first one that we did, I grew up in, in Miami, so my uh, meeting new people and especially bringing them to the house, I, I mean, I, I don't know if these, these dudes know, but literally I didn't give you my address until you were like five minutes out and shit and you were waiting. I was still kind of thinking about it, but I got good vibes. But the moment we chilled for like 10, 15 minutes, I was like, oh, this dude's a real dude right here. So um, like I told you before, see, I was one of the early episodes I do listen to the podcast a lot. Yeah, I, I have a lot of peers that I'm interested in hearing their story. Good friends that um, I admire their work ethic and their skill that I want to just, you know, get to hear about stuff that's more intimate in the sense of uh, their journey. So I've listened to a whole lot of them. Maybe just about all of them, except some names. Maybe I don't really feel like listening to them. But yeah, I've seen the podcast grown a lot, bro. As, a, as someone that's been from the beginning and just seeing it till now and hold, holding an event, you're blessed, my brother. I agree, man. Hey, let's yeah. give it up for him for, for putting this together, right? Yeah, and it it all started from a passion for, for hash. Because hash, it's, um, it's something that knits a lot of us together, right? It's like the, the fabric of how we can all from different parts of life and upbringings can hang out in one place and it isn't chaotic because we have a passion for the same thing, not only cannabis, but the most important part of the plant, the, the resin, right? The trichome. You can't fake the funk with that. Like I told you guys before when I was standing up there for the tasting, there's times that my shit's come out worse than the last time or it comes out better where I'm like, damn, that shit is fucking fire. If the hash is fire, the flower's fire. The quality translates, of course, but there is no remediating when it comes to hash, especially hash. I would say that's not to say rosin is like remediated, but um, you could press something that would you wouldn't want to put in a jar and make it into rosin and push it. And people probably wouldn't even know that you weren't happy about the starting material, that there's a reason why it got pressed. You know what I mean? But uh, hash is really the reflection. It's like a mirror into the real rating of how good that shit came out. The growth. When do you feel like you understood that? Man, when I started making hash. I was a grower first, right? And uh, I had a passion for hash. When I would push my packs, what I would do with my money is I would go to a dispensary in Seattle. And I would buy a bunch of shit. And at the time, before it was before Rosin, so you get three-star, four-star, five-star, and then that exclusive, you know, six-star, which back then, this is, I'm talking 2013. I remember spending money one time, not looking at the work, getting to my house and looking at it with uh, El Daggy and my wife, Cuban Hash Queen. And I just felt like tried. Like, what the fuck did I just buy, bro? And I was looking through the jars and the six-star looked whack and I would dab it and be like, man, this isn't like the shit that I see in, and videos, you know what I mean? Like, I want to smoke some of that, some real good hash, but I couldn't really find it. Not saying that it wasn't there, but I wasn't in those circles. You know what I mean? 
And I wasn't, I, I didn't even have an Instagram at this time. So I thought to myself, I got to fucking grow, bro. I was running a pretty big setup, 85 lamps, very minimal labor and overhead. It was just, you know, me, my wife, our homie Odagi, and another partner we had. And I, I went on um, and bought myself a fucking used pair of bubble bags because I, I, you know, I didn't know what the fuck I was getting myself into. So I didn't want to spend a bunch of money and a washer. Both, both from the same guy. I guess it didn't work out for him. That shit changed my life in the beginning. I washed some uh, Miami Haze. And I remember I was taking down a room and I had watched a bunch of Frenchie Cannoli videos, you know, rest in peace of Frenchie. And uh, posts from Nick T. And I was absorbing a lot of knowledge and I was like, yeah, I'm ready, man. I fucking know what, what I'm about to get myself into. And uh, I watched that, that Haze. I got so soaked that night. I did not know what the fuck I was doing. Now, the next, uh, like after it dried, a couple days later, probably pulled it a little too early because I just wanted to smoke it. I started, I was so stoked with it when my trimmers were coming in to help me. I was like, yo, you got to dab this. This shit is some fire hash. Better than anything I've ever seen. Now, it was good. What sucked though was that at the time I didn't understand resin. So I was growing flour that was flour for pack work, right? And I was growing some haze because I'm from Florida. It's kind of like an OG thing. And I had a, a, another strain that I, I hate this strain because it fucking made me feel like I straight sucked ass at washing. It's plushberry. And it was a, a plant that threw down, it, it threw down good flowers. It was pink. The trichomes were pink. And it made good pack work. It yielded. I had a big, mm, like, investment that I needed to fucking produce to be able to start breaking bread. But I, I didn't know this, but every time I washed it, I would only get three star. So I'm like, you know, I would wash it. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, let me change this and let me change that. And one time I was shit, I got it to four star. I was like, wow, this still sucks. At the time, I didn't know too much about prepping for fresh frozen and stuff. So I wasn't labeling no bags. I was like, all these lowers aren't going to get trimmed for work. It was going to go for trim anyways. I just had it unlabeled. And then I got like a week or two after it. And I was like about to quit. I, I thought I sucked. And uh, I got to a bag of haze again. And I, I applied all these things that I was using in theory to try to make the strain that didn't wash better. And I went from like zero to hero. And I was like, oh shit, this, the strain has a, it, it has a big factor into what you're making. So although I hate Plushberry, I thank Plushberry for making me try different shit. But uh, yeah, man, that's such a crazy thing. So that's when I noticed resin makes a difference. The second time was pulled some material because I had somebody that I wanted to, it was a, a, like months later before I had won my first award. Dude had been talking mad shit online and he hit, you know, was gonna come through. And um, I was like, all right. He asked me through the DM, he's like, yo, can I come through? I was like, yeah, uh, that's all right because you've been talking so much shit. And I, I am, at this point I was growing some different strains. I had cookies and Sour Aliens, which is like a diesel cross from seed and shit. And he was talking shit because I vac dry my hash. So I wick and I sieve my hash. I wick it for a while, get the patty as dry as I can to get all the moisture out of it, right? In a cold room. I sieve it. But then I had seen uh, somebody doing it on a very small scale. The same guy, as a matter of fact, that I, I that would produce the hash that I that made me, that sucked so much that made me want to start making hash. And not, not to talk shit to do, so I won't even drop his name. 
But um, I was like, he, he this guy that came to the crib, he's like, yeah, your hash probably doesn't have any terps because you're sucking all the terps out with this vacuum oven. Like, what the fuck are you doing drying your hash like that? And I was like, yeah, well, this shit, I can't even fucking keep my mouth to the mouthpiece. It's choking me out. So if it's sucking out terps, it, it must have been that uh, like an all-time high illegal level of terps. And I'm just letting it baseline. Like, I know what I'm smoking. I'm not a fool. So he, when he hit me up and he said, I, I'm coming through, I was like, all right, cool. So I took down some material. It was like day 42 or 45. Obviously, a lot of my stuff at that point still was all packward. So I didn't crop at any certain time. But I had washed those strains before at day 63. And when I had, uh, at a time, cropped a 70, fresh frozen. And I knew how it came out. It was still tight, right? When I washed it at day four, 42 to 45, around there, I can't really say. It was crazy. Crazy as fuck. The 160 was fat. I had like actual 180. The 120 and 90 was like so nice, but it was like mo- the majority of the yields, everything over 90. And then the 70 and the 45 was the lowest yield. And it was super uh, nice colored. And it had like an incredible tart terp to it that I, I like, I couldn't even, I, I, w- it was, I was mind blown, right? So dude had came over, you know, needless to say, he couldn't keep his mouth to the mouthpiece either. He was like, oh, this shit is tight. Yeah, I guess this back tech is, it, it, you know, it's tight. I, you know, fucking fire. Now, I took the material, right? Did my usual thing on getting the lowers, the stuff that wouldn't have gotten trimmed and kept it in the freezer. But I, the biggest thing I noticed is that the ra- range of heads changed. The color of the heads changed. But then now I was getting a lot of yield in the 70 and 45. My 90s and 120s weren't as tight. They were tight, but like this shit that I'm talking about when it was 42 to 45 was melting like water. And it just looked, it was like, it, it didn't even look like hash. This was before rosin. It looked like when it greased up like some rosin. But when I took it towards um, the end of flower, it wasn't like that. So I was like, damn, like my theory is that the heads are changing as the plant is getting older. Now we know heads turn cloudy and they turn amber. But if you pull bags, you know that the 70 and the 45 is... If you take something all the way, it's pretty amber, right? So in my head, I was like, man, the amber colors, the refraction of light that these heads are amber. I'm taking them too long. And I feel like the resin is maturing before the flower. But now what am I going to do? I can't go like rewind time to day 42, 45 and do it again. So I had to fucking veg a whole room, flower again. And then I started doing my test to test this. in Because at the time, not to say it's fact, but in my case, it was, you know, what, what was I was experiencing the crop at day 42. I took some, a plan down at day 45. I took a, day, a plan down day 49 and uh, so on and so forth because it was a big grow. It, it wasn't a big deal. And as I noticed as the plant matured, it was the same trend. The ratio of heads started to change again. So that was the first time I noticed that like re- resin is ever living. As you're growing it, what you're smelling at that time is the essence at that time. So for example, this last grow, I, I had not thrown down in, in a year. And I had, I had a, a calendar that I was setting a day. I was like, I'm going to chop this shit down at day 56. And I was talking to um, my boy, Daggy, And I had a tight time window. I had to crop and wash or crop, reload my room, wash, and then come to the smoking jacket. And it was all very time, close time period. And I was talking to El Daggy about it because I'm like, damn, I... I trim my fresh frozen like like almost like wet trimming weed. It's really tight. I don't leave any leaves. And because it's just me and my chick, 
And she's a writer. She puts in hours with me. Sometimes we average like a light and a half. And this is pulling weight, like, you know, over three pounds uh, LED. Um, fuck, I fucking forgot what the fuck my point of, of thought here was. But I was there thinking of my chick. I'm like, damn, she's... Well, speaking of, man, you yeah. told me last time that we spoke privately that one of the things that you wanted to talk about if you ever came back on again was Flora. Yeah. So yeah. I think this is a good space for that. Yeah. I, all right. So and if I jump into the other one, I'll for sure remember. So Flora has a nickname. She's the real Cuban grower. And the reason being is that uh, she is the one that holds it down the hardest for me. She is a incredible hash maker. A lot of the uh, cup wins that I rep, right, are actually works that she has made and entered. She's one hell of a hash maker. Theory-wise, she's absolute. Sacrifices a lot of her time for the cause of, like, let's say being here. Right now, she's holding it down with seven dogs and two kids. My full term and my indoor. Like, that's a lot of work. For me, it's a lot of work not having to do everything, so... You know, shout out to to my wife. Now, in the in the case, yeah, please give her a round of applause so she can hear it. Cause uh, real talk, um, she forgets sometimes. You know what I mean? When you're, especially after COVID, there's a lot of getting locked. Like you suck at the crib. You know what I mean? And she's a first and foremost a mom, a wife, right? Uh, be, besides the. Um, the accomplishments that she's made in in the in hash so a lot of times you know she's she starts like man you know i'm just a, a has-been like i'm not a good hash maker anymore i'm like nah you're a legend you inspire a lot of people she's inspired a lot of women into getting into hash flynn was telling me himself he's like alice she really respects your wife when she's gone to high times she's had women uh, feel empowered by what she's doing. Now, she's not doing it because she's like, yo, making feminist hash. She does it because she loves hash. She smokes a lot. The reason she started making hash was because she would come up to me and be like, before going to work, can you please sift me a couple grams so I can have something to smoke in my lunch break? And I look at her and be like, yo, are you kidding? No. You know, so I was like, look, I'm gonna teach you how to do this. I, I got her a set of screens. It was for Christmas. She started like dry sifting and she won her first championship. She got a third place at High Times in Colorado and first place at Dope Cup in Seattle that April. And in the, the Colorado High Times, there was 56 entries and all the names, there was all the OGs there, you know? And um, she got third place with four months under her belt. That shit's incredible. You know, it could be raw talent. Some people work their whole lives to achieve that level. You know, I've, we haven't been in hash, in the hash game where we're now. Yeah, it feels like a long time. But we came into it and it was the passion of wanting to smoke fire hash that made me motivated to make it. And that's how my wife started. You know what I mean? And from that point on, she's, she's just like, you know, all the Kimbo Kush dry sift was made by her. Uh, the majority of, like, we've had times that we've put in work together. At the high times, they changed the rules. They used to let you get po uh, full sweeps on the podium. 
But when they changed it, it was like, you know, from a, a, a group, only one person could get it in the top three. And oh boy, she would uh, she would smash me sometimes, dude. Like her dry sift would win over mine. And when I looked at it, it was her, how detail oriented she was. She was like a perfectionist, you know? And, and when you're making dry sift, you're separating and heads, you know what I mean? The one thing, you know, you, you don't want to spec. That's the first thing somebody's going to fucking pull your card and be like, yo, I see something here. Or, or whatever, you know, or they take a macro picture and it won't look like all caviar, right? When I would look at my shit sometimes, and I'm pretty good, I would say, at dry sift, I would look at hers and then I would have to go back and shit and be like, dang, I got to refine this shit some more. Or for example, one that Colorado high times, and maybe I should have seen the writing on the wall. But I, she uh, flew to Miami. I stayed in our spot in Washington. I was dry sifting some shit. She had already dry sifted some work. When we all met up in Colorado and we started whipping it on the in the hotel, I looked at mine and I looked at hers. I was like, I, I hit up Cushy Candies. I was like, yo, do you know where I can get a fucking silk screen in this LPI? Because I can't sell this shit at the high times with my, my wife's shit being that fire. So... She's a killer. She, being a, a master in dry sift is good. I've had her help me out a lot in water hash. But if you wash, you know, a lot of uh, that goes into it is shit ton of cleaning, prepping. Are my bags clean? Are my surfaces clean? You know, broom, mop, you can't have a fucking speck. Imagine pulling like a 90 and, you know, your, your shit's dirty. So when she walks in and she's helping me, she's like, oh, she'll, she'll say this and be like, Every time I help Ozzy, he just has me doing janitorial work. But it never gets to the washing. And I told her, I'm like, babe, washing's like 10% of it. But if she started washing, she'd be excellent at it too. Because she just, you know, she she's um, a purist in hash making and definitely, a, a, I would say, a fanatic, you know, in, in everything hash. Nowadays, she does a lot of judging. If you've won an award that she's Judge Cup at, she is very picky. So just consider that, like, you know, you did a good job. But yeah, man, I, I wish I would uh, trim more dry dry work because once we went all fresh frozen and started uh, not having, you know, trimming Keith and shit like that to refine, let you know, our screens just got dusty. We stopped using them, kind of like in a sense, hang them up. But um, the times that she has worked, it's like she got right back at it. If you guys saw my new logo, the background's dry sift. That's made by her. Every picture that, like um, the pictures from the village, that he'll be like, dude, I just grabbed a random part of the jar and it just looks like that. Like, you know, I've just pictured, taking pictures of other people's dry sift. It doesn't, it doesn't look like that. You know what I mean? Bubble Man is taking pictures too. I forgot the dude's name from Oregon, from Ben that did the calendar. He's a photographer. Eric Lugchus. Yeah. He photographed some of that shit too and it ended up on the calendar. But that's all her. Shit, I don't know what my shit would look like under under a macro lens like that. But yeah, man, shout out to her. She is a legend. And, and I let her know all the time for sure. Yeah, shout out to Flora. Let's hear it for her. Yeah, and, and uh, ahead of time, I know you usually ask this at the end, but you should interview her. <laughs> He beat me to the punch. Yeah. No, yeah. I'd, we'd love to hear, hear from her because she probably has like a different perspective 
on your mutual journey and like seeing your journey as well. I want to take a moment to again thank every person who makes up our community on Patreon and the people who attended the 2022 Smoking Jacket for allowing us to produce episode 45 with Ozzy the Cuban Grower and to give a special shout out to some of our top contributors including Kevin of Lifted Indina, Mount Walkie Jeff, Jonah in Illinois, the crew at Heritage Hashco Mendocino, David at Rosin Evolution, The Real Cannabis Chris, Mids Adjacent in Arizona, Jungly Grows in Michigan, The Chile Relleno Burrito, Nick the Intern, The Homie Big C, Zach aka Out and Dab Out, Nate in Massachusetts, and Okta Creations in Colorado. We thank each and every one of you. Now back to the episode. You brought up the idea of competition and you know ironically enough we are at an event that we put together that is hosting friendly competition and the big dog from third gen family farms brandon joining us and he was talking about the idea of bringing back competition in a way to yes it's uh friendly but at the same time of pushing each other and obviously you have a lot of merits in winning different things and I'm curious what you feel like competing brings for someone uh, at any point in their career, if you want to call it that. Yeah. So competing doesn't make you any money. I remember you asked me, you're like, yo, what's the most you've won as like a prize for winning? You don't win a prize, bro. <laughs> and in the, in the smoking jacket, you do. But high times, nah, bro. You got to pay. A, it used to be $1,000 in entry. And because of the, the agreement I had, I had to pay for a duplicate trophy. And that's another, you know, whatever. And then they used to want 20 and then 28. It's a lot of money. The biggest thing that to me it was, was I was like a bloodthirsty animal. I was like a savage. I would be in the lab working. And this was like a mid-competition mid in, in my competitive career. I wanted to beat everybody. But it didn't mean I didn't like you. It just means that you better know that what I'm bringing is going to be that hot fire. Yeah, it should be competitive. It doesn't matter who you're going up against, but it shouldn't be personal, of course. But every single person should be inspired to achieve great level of excellence, right? To me, my, my biggest inspiration in competitive hash is third gen family. Brandon, I was telling him, I'm like, man, so... When I, when I started uh, considering entering my first cup, it was a high times. There's, a, there's an old dude that goes by Lemon Hoko. I remember, we used to go on Tiny Chat. It was like a, a chat room and shit. It was a bunch of Washington people. And I was showing my hash. And I have a little macro of my, my dry sift. And he was like, Cuban, high times is coming to Seattle in September. You should really enter, Cuban. I think you do really good. And I was like, nah, man, you know. Then I would have friends come over. And they would try and be like, yo, this shit is fire. Because I, I give them the disclaimer. Yeah, I know you're smoking this and that, but like, you know, this isn't the best work that I could do. And they would try and be like, yo, this is this is fire. You're tripping. You know, this is amongst the best that I've tried. Lemon Hoko was the one that got me into competing. He or got it into my head. When it was competition time, it was Big Dog. That was like the dude that you get the poster and you pin it on the wall. You're like, this is my motivation. I want to be this guy. You know what I mean? I see all the videos. He's fucking his energy. He was making me feel like intimidated while I'm there watching his videos, making just dry stuff like shit. Am I, can I, 
you know, can I beat this guy? It was like uh, the standard. I remember I went up, I, I wanted to meet him so bad because he was the dude that I put, the mountain I, I, I put in my head. I remember um, that high times showing everybody sift. It was the first time a lot of people had seen dry sift in person like that. Besides like Amsterdam, uh, Legends of Hashish with Skunk Man. When the awards get called out, right? Yo, I got called up. I So there was two cups. There was the medical cup, which is Washington only. But I didn't want to be soft and just go up against people in Washington. I entered the recreational cup that anybody could enter. And I was there at the award show. I was already so gassed. I'm like, yeah, bro. Everybody loved my shit. I went from like fucking 900 followers and I got like 3,000 people that like all these all these big dudes that got me going to the back of their tent. Like, shit, I won this shit. I came with some energy to that award ceremony. I got third place. I was like, what the fuck? Brandon got second place, right? And Goat Organics got first place. Yo, I didn't even think about Goat. I was, I was so mad. I was mad. So mad. I, I, I didn't start crying like, <laughs> I was mad like tears of frustration. Like, what the fuck? So I went up to the dude and he was like, hey, good job, man. And I was like, yeah, good job. Don't worry. This entire winter, I'm going to fucking be grinding and I'm going to go to the next high times. You're going to go to the next high times? He's like, yeah. Because he had won like seven awards that year and like local shit. I was like, I'm going to fucking take the crown off your head. You don't take it personal. And I was with tears in my eyes. I was like, I'm going to fucking beat you. I went to the second one, right? I linked up with Exotic Genetics and we were working the cookies and cream. The first award that I did was my own single source. And then we were doing cookies and cream and cookies and like a haze. I was telling you about colors ahead, right? A haze doesn't finish up until late. When the flour's done, even though the sift is cool, that shit looks like you grinded some copper. It looks like just, it's orange. The cookies and cream, when I got um, to, to sift it for the first time, I remember getting a test pound and I, I called the guy, the guy in the middle that was like, yo, you need to get this guy's material. And hey, you need to get, let this guy use your, get your material. Don't make it into oil. I called him. I was like, yo, tell him to give me all that work. Tell him to stop. No, don't give it to the BHO guy. He's making a bad decision. Record yields, best color. Like this shit is crazy. So I found, like, I found the link. I was like, yo, I'm going to enter this shit. Even though the stuff that I was entering was cool, but it wasn't, it wasn't that cool. So I go to the second high times and I got second place. But Goat didn't get first place. Did you, did, I don't remember who got first. Oh, Ice Extract got first place. I remember them coming up to me and going, oh, so you're the guy that makes the dry sift. Oh, it was, it was the, a husband and wife. And I was like, yeah. They're like, yeah, your shit's tight. It's all right. And I was like, who the fuck are you? Oh, we're Ice Extract. I was like, Shh, I don't even know who you are. Yo, they won. I was like, no, not Ice Extract. I forgot what they went. Um, man, he had a name, man. What was his account? Fuck, I forgot the name. He had an Instagram. It was before. No, maybe Bugatti. No, it was like Incognito Grows. Yeah, it was before they ever made bags. And I, I, I was like, who the fuck is Incognito? Yo, when they called him out first place, I was like, fuck, dude. So that one was a, another one in my, my, my hit list. Like, I'm going to beat you next time you fucking compete. They had a, it was with um, some shit from Cookie Man, and they had a big falling out. And I didn't see them compete for, for a couple years. The third high times, it was for Colorado. That's when my, my wife started sifting. The proof of concept was there. We had entered just a entry in 
the SoCal High Times, the second one, and we hit top three, and it was like 30-something entries. So I was like, damn, that was closer. It's closer than third. So for the Denver one, I was like, damn, we're, it was a three-day thing. It was on 420 weekend, and it was when Rosin first came out. I, I want to say I was the first, one of the first people, no, not the first person to put in Rosin in a competition, but I was one of the first people to place with Rosin in a competition, because and it was like around the time Soil going to drop the tech. But before then, like that same weekend, I had seen GOAT, and they had some shows, GOAT and, Goat and Terp Hunter. And, um, you know, I, I felt confident in, in what I had, right? But you don't really feel confident until you win. So I was uh, chilling with Chrome and Cornbread Riggy from Swamp Boys. It was when they first started their seed company. I really wanted to meet them. So they're, they're from Florida too, so we, we were vibing. And Goat and Turp Hunter, they pull up to the booth. And they're like, yo, man, this shirt is tight. The Swamp Boy shirt. Yo, I'm going to win this shirt when I go on stage and, and get our cup. Yeah. And I looked at this fool and I'm like, damn, I felt like a fucking turd. I was like, yo, this dude is like flexing on me right now. And I remember like, all right. Yo, that high times, out of 56, we got first place. Tricone Heavy Extracts got second place. And then we got third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh, and eighth out of 56. Shit. I got a picture because I remember getting the cup. It was like something I was longing. It doesn't have a value. But to me, it was like proof that all the time and effort that I had put in, that that maybe at the time, at that moment in time, I was better, right? And... um. Dude, I, I fucking poured myself a beer into my cup. I drank that shit. I was so fucking happy. I, I must have been, at that time, I had tears of joy. I have a picture. It looks like I was high, but it, I was with X in the car because I, I still had not grasped the moment. It hit me that I had a fucking, my chick had a medal. I had two medals in a cup. And that same night, we won Dope Cup first place. My wife did I was like, damn, we're fucking crazy as fuck. And I, I just, I was crying so much. I, my face was just red. I have that picture on Instagram. And man, that was, that was a good feeling. The, the followers started rolling in. People, they gave um, a spotlight to the work. People started knowing the name. So I'm Cuban, right? It's my, my nationality. I was raised in Hialeah. It's, there's a lot of Cubans in Hialeah. It's the culture there. You know, a lot of the old ladies that be working in, in the corner stores and stuff like that, they don't, they don't speak English. The signs are in Spanish. So when I moved to the West Coast, I was very proud of where I was from. And I was proud of who I am. And to get messages from people that I, they were, yo, I'm from the 305, man. You fucking inspire me. I can't wait to try your hash one day. Or I tried your hash and that shit was so fire. Man, it's some of the best shit I've ever had or my favorite, yo, you, ins you inspired me to start making hash. One day, I hope I can make hash like you. I was with my cousin in the car. He was driving because I was so sleep deprived. And I was, I had made a story post, right? Like, yo, hit me up, whatever, you want some work? And I, I got hit up a whole lot. And I, I was like, dude, 16,000 views on this story post and almost like a hundred little fire signs and shit, but the unreads were everywhere. And as I was reading this shit, I was like, man, it sounds like 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 a fan mail. He's like, it is, bro. Because some of these people didn't even want work. They're like, yo, 
keep doing what you do, bro. That that what you're doing is killer. You inspire me all the time. Or or, or like you know, my one of them that hit me was uh, you inspired my brother to start making hash, and he was working at a place in Oregon, and he recently passed away three months ago. So I want to tell you that you impacted his life, and I recognize that that you did. I just wanted to let you know. Like shit like that was crazy, you know? Now, like I said, you don't win stuff when you compete, but you put you put brand awareness out there. And that brand awareness led to people trying my work. And uh, ultimately, if it inspires somebody, then that, like I was telling you, I was like, man, I feed off this energy. When I'm at the crib, I, I sometimes I, I'm like a, autonomous. Like my fuck, right now as I sit here, my hips hurt, my joints hurt, my knees hurt, my fucking, I got a bruise on my arm from pulling bags and shit. But when I sit and people like, they're like, yo, or they're happy or I see a smile or they tell me some shit like that through the DM, it like, it's like a, like a super sane powering up. Like, ah, this is why I do this shit. And then I go home, powered the fuck up like a battery. I told you the same thing. I'm like, yo, what you're doing is awesome. Your followers, the ones that, that hit you up, show them a lot of love. Everyone here, vibe with them. At the top, it's another thing I learned. The more I won cups, the shadier shit got. When you're at the bottom, you have a list of uh, big dog school. Like I told him, I'm like, yo, dog, one of the only real, 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 real dudes I fuck with to this day. But at the top, all the people that I thought were cool, man, I got jaded. Jaded as fuck. So I told you, yo, Whoever you you've been blowing up like like I said you're blessed, blessed right? I am. Sure. Yeah, I would say because you're what you're doing you're you're in the right path. But um, all the people that, as you've learned, there's a lot of people that wish they were doing what you're doing. At the time, there's a lot of people that wanted that wanted to do what I was doing too. I I I don't you know I I will say I'm blessed too because I have family, I have friends, I have beautiful children. But God blessed me with these hands to be able to make hash. And I make hash in a special way. And, um, you know, a lot, some people don't got that gift. They've been working their whole fucking life to have that, to be, be what you, you, you know, what I didn't think about. Like, yo, I'm going to whatever. Uh, so, man, they'll do whatever it takes to fucking take what you got. And that shit, man, that started, that started for me being like, yeah, I wanted to fuck with everybody. To share, I ain't session with nobody. So I got to the top, but the top is lonely. For sure. And then I got to a point, the more I competed, the less the entries were. I got beat sometimes. I ain't going to say I'm, I'm fucking flawless record. But I never not had a podium finish. There's never been a cup that I didn't get a top three. But the more I compete, the more people didn't want to put their rack and their 28 grams up against me. And I would make a post like, yo, bring your best. Just letting you know, I'm coming with that heat. I'm super, I'm superstitious. The type of dude that I don't want to get jinxed. So I, the, whatever I'm going to enter, I ain't going to even show it on my Instagram. I ain't going to fucking let nobody know. And I'm going to bring it. Right? So there is this, you know, I stopped competing for a little while because, you know, shit changed in Washington. And it, it went full wreck, not medical. I didn't want to get roped up because shit was low key when I first started, but then the whole Instagram thing blew me up. I, I never wanted to like show my face, but then all of a sudden 
even if I didn't, I was in fucking videos and shit. People walking up to the booth like, whoa, what up, Cuban? Like urban <laughs> grower and shit. So it got to the point it was inevitable, right? But some, some time passed, I couldn't enter every cup anymore. And I remember there was a, a, a company called Rosin Bros. That they were, they were killing it at the time. When I went, uh, got, I was able to get my own fresh frozen. And my own, it, it was uh, uh, material as well because we were trimming packs. I entered a, a sift entry and it was in Santa Rosa. The Santa Rosa Cup of 2018. And I knew these fools entered. I got word, right? And I remember, I didn't say nothing. I was chilling. They were like, yo, they pull up. They're like, yo, what's up, Cuban? Yo, did you enter the cup? I'm like, nah. They're like, damn, bro. Oh, yeah, I got this shit in the bag, dog. I, I sat with a judge and I, nothing's as fire as the shit that we put in. And I was like, yeah, all right. Shit, they call the awards first place. Cuban grower with exotic genetics. They didn't even get top three. I was like, hell yeah. I went up there and fucking to get, you know, gave my spiel. When I went back outside, I remember one of their cats, they were like, yo, I thought you said you didn't enter. I was like, ah, yeah, that's what you get for talking all that shit. And then look at that. Shit, it feels bad, right? Use it as motivation. They came up to me too and they were like, oh, I thought you didn't enter. Nah, man, fuck, you know, that's kind of fucked up. I even had the, the dude that got third place, dude, got on the podium. It was like, oh, man, Cuban growing shit. Cuban growing shit ain't that tight. That shit's just all right. Like, yeah, all right, bro. Sit your third place ass down, man. Chill the heat. Get first place. So I was going to enter the next one, right? For sure. I tell you, it's fucking El Daggy. I was like, yo, don't tell these dudes that we're entering. And one of those, he was doing like a, a sorry, I got my fucking eyes burning. They, they kind of like, I guess, hinted it at him. And I don't know if it was his body language or what, but he was, they were kind of like, yo, is Cuban entering? I don't know if he said yeah or not, but they were like, oh, fuck that. If Cuban's entering, then I'd rather just smoke this entry. I ain't entering. I was dying to fucking to beat them. So, like, like any, any fucking champion, I feel like every, everybody has, like, you know, a time where you go and you conquer. That's when I hung up my competitive... Shit, I was like, you know what? I'd be competing. Nobody wants to put their money up. Fuck it. Now I retire. And uh, that, that was the last time. Now, I brought my shit back out. Funny enough, it's one of the only times I didn't even play top three was at the Eagle Clash. But shit like that is pretty wholesome. No money. You sit down with a bunch of your people. You're invited. You can't even fucking ask and enter. If you watch the stories, that shit looks like pretty, like, damn, if you got invited or whatever goes down there, it's lit. No cell phone reception in that bitch, there ain't nobody fucking filming shit. And uh, it was one of those events that you're like, damn, man. That's the only shit I show up to uh, nowadays, bro. But competition-wise, I'm done with that, for sure. But um, it served its purpose. You know what I mean? So... If you want to, I guess if you want to prove you're the best, that's the platform. If you're happy where you're at, if I look back, I could have sold every one of those zips I've ever entered and I probably would have had a nice vacation, <laughs> you know, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the story to tell that I have today. Yeah, I'm sure, man. Sorry, I'm going to light this up. Go for it. So, yeah, it, I see this is, you know, it's a rosin competition, right? 
I wanted to touch up, up on this, right? So I come from a time before rosin. Rosin is tight. I have nothing against it. But when I was making hash back then, it wasn't like a profitable thing. Grams of hash weren't going for $100. You had people say, I used to sell my shit. At, I used to sell my shit for $35. My stripes before I ever fucking won a cup. And people would be like, $35? Are you sure, bro? You don't want more? I'll buy it all. How much you got there? When I sat down with, with Pacific Northwest Roots, he had a talk with me. And this was a dude, I, I, I was, um, he was one of Kaya's boys, or one of um, Lemehogo's boys, one of like the big dogs in Washington, a hash guy, OG. And I drove to his spot, and it was like kind of intimidating because you're, you know, kind of flexing your work, and you're, you're really nobody yet. I only had like under a thousand followers. And the first thing he does, he's like, you know, I show him the work. He's like, yeah, yeah, yo, sit down. I gotta have a talk with you, bro. I'm like, what's up? He's like, look, man, the streets is talking, bro. That you're undercutting people with, with work that's more fire than them. And you're selling your shit for $35 a gram. That shit can't happen no more. You gotta sell your shit minimum $50 at the same price or $60, same price as everybody else. Because, you know, they ain't liking that. I was like, what? I get so much shit for fifty dollars. Hell yeah, shit! Don't even don't even, say less, bro. I'm not even mad. You know what I mean? Straight up, bro. That shit. That shit was pretty fucking, pretty pretty life changing. So, anyways, back to the 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 topic of, of the rosin. My shit was mastering the refinement of hash. You can't press hash and make it better. Back then, you could press it into a patty. You know what I mean? Back then, people weren't Q-taping, but the more people got wise to the hash and the more the level, it was like a fucking, it was getting better and better and better uh, when I was getting into it. Everyone had their secrets. Everyone had their tech and um, shit that you wouldn't find online on like, yo, what's up, dog? How'd you get your 120 so nice? Like my 120, it's nice, but it isn't that nice. And it would be like that type of shit that when you were getting that level of knowledge, you'd be um, asking like, the high level uh, questions, like the mysteries, you know, that you knew somebody figured it out and learning along the way. Now, well, I guess I got into the pricing because of the price. Now, uh, people, you know, they're making hash because of, of money. Yeah, it makes money, right? Damn, what a life. It has a whole culture now. It's, it's a fucking, it's a whole vibe. But a lot of people are getting into hash making for the wrong reason. They're getting into hash making to, to make a brand, slap a sticker on some shit, wash something. They get the strains, they're like, oh yeah, shit. I'ma wash some, I don't know, fucking back back then, cookies and cream or like whatever. I got I know, I know that shit washes. I got it figured out. Oh, these are the bags, I got it figured out. I'ma fucking, I'ma just thrash this shit for uh first pool rosin, y'all. Like, yo, your first pull sucks. You don't know how to fucking make hash. You, you, you know, like your first pull is like what my second or third pull is like. Now they say, no, man, I guess take it how you want to. But they're using making hash as like, just like a uh, stepping stone or something and getting to the, the final product, which is making the rosin. Because once you make, press the rosin, all that shit don't matter. You ain't putting the 90, the, the melt on the banger. We used to have, um, I have like, you know, when I test my shit, I take test dabs. It's like, can you get it all clean and not, not faking the funk and fucking shoveling out residue at one Q-tip? 
but can you achieve it with a Q-tip? And I'm not talking about those super swabs and all that shit. Go buy yourself a fucking Q-tip from Walmart and like work out the fucking juice and how, how good can you get it? Now, hash making is the ba- it's like the base mastery of this fucking like walk of life, right? Making hash. Rosin is tight, but rosin is like a branch of making hash. Dry sifting, you can make rosin from dry sift, but dry sift, ultimately, it is like pure resin knowledge. You know what I mean? What size heads, how can you get it separated? Or when you're making hash, for example, damn, look how much 120 and 90 I got, et cetera, et cetera. Some of these fools, I wonder if they're even putting a 120 and 90. You know what I'm saying? Probably not. They're probably just like fucking pulling shit like, yeah, yeah, here's 149 or 70 or whatever and whipping in and good to go. Now, maybe I'm an old timer, you know what I'm saying? But work on your hash making. A lot of these brands that they say they, they got that first pool, but they never show their hash. Where's your hash at? You know what I mean? You know? So even if you still want to press all your shit into rosin, that's cool. But learn what's going on there. Freeze dryers. It's another one. Damn, hash used to be like art. My hash, I wick the patty like I told you guys, when you know, get it nice and dry in a cold room without greasing. I sieve it with a strainer, against a spoon, sometimes to the point where I get blisters and bruises on my hands from like, it's like crushing fucking diamonds through this motherfucker because it ain't, I don't do it wet because then you don't, you don't get that pretty look. I do it where it's like so wicked. I've gotten so good at wicking and, and dude can attest, I've dabbed my hash before drying the same day I washed it off the wicking screens and that fucker won't even sizzle. It'll press and it won't even be cloudy, right? The, I, I don't necessarily know in a scientific level what the fuck's going on, but I know that I'm drawing the water through the hash, through a micron screen into my, uh, I use everybody probably, you know, whatever. I use fucking bounty paper towels, layer that shit. And I would change the paper, keep it cold, swap it out until I wouldn't see no more like puddles of water. But now people don't even know how to dry hash. They're putting that shit, I call that shit pancake batter tech. They're taking it out of the bag. They're filling up trays. Yo, homie. What's just what's the settings on the machine that, that I should put when they first always get it? I did the same shit. I didn't even know how to use the fucking thing. What temperature, dog? Okay, how many hours? All right. So like I, I started opposite. I was doing vacuum drying in a cold room, but when I got my freeze dryer, you know everybody asked their friend for the best tech, but they don't know what what's really going on in there. They just know yo, 18 to 24 hours later, it's like the easy bake oven. They gotta take these trays out, and that shit's good to go. But damn, have you ever tried to wick some hash? Like, what if that motherfucker one day breaks on you or something? And what are you going to do? Not dry your shit? And it gives it a different look. That's the hash art part of it. My hash looks, sometimes, like, you look at it and you're like, yo, these look like giant trichome heads. I don't, I've gotten so tired of, of telling people, no, it's just coagulated pieces of me bringing the shit through the fucking farberware. And it looks like that when it greases up. It looks like, like diamonds or crystals. The microplane, same, almost the same thing. It's mastery of wicking. Get it really dry, not grease it. Some people, like, you get the microplane when it's greased and they want to shave a patty and they're like, yo, this sucks. 
But it's like the mastery of how good you can wick it without it greasing and then deep freeze it, separate it with the blade. Now, when it dries and you look at it, it looks like crystals. I remember looking, I, the first time I looked at microplane hash, I'm like, holy shit, this looks kind of crazy. But now hash all looks like dry sift, like a lot of it and before, before it greases. Looks like trichomes, right? When you pull fucking first wash tray, everybody's first wash tray looks the same. You can see the heads, you shine a light, boom, it looks like dry sift, 99%. But, I mean, it pays to be original. You know what I'm saying? You can be original with terps. I'm gonna get into that later. You can get original with flavors. You know what I'm saying? But when you got a signature look to your hash, or what you told me, you're like, yo, are you gonna bring that signature look, the sieved? I was like, yeah, dog, don't worry. I'm gonna bring that sieved. It doesn't matter if it's the middle of the summer, I'm gonna bring it. But it goes from like the knowledge. So there's no, no depth into the knowledge of separation and isolation. And then there's no depth into the knowledge of drying. So then the, the, what is hash, which is a deep skill, is there's no emphasis on it. A lot of this shit gets passed down from person to person, right? But when it gets passed down after generations, and I'm not talking fucking eons and shit, a couple years to a couple years to the next new batch of fucking people that are going to decide that, yo, I'm going to start doing this. Their boy's going to tell them, yeah, yo, just fucking beat that shit up. You know, tell them you didn't. Pull this shit and press it. It's going to come out tight. And over time, that shit's just going to be lost. But there's nothing more, uh, like, there's no better of a flex than hash. Like, hash is everything when it comes to solventless. Even if you're good at hash... Then you're gonna be bottlenecked by the resin that you're growing. Might need to, then it, it improves you. It, it builds you as a grower because you need that better resin. You can only get so good. Then you start fucking trying to find new strains because now your grow is only so good until it gets to a point where everything just is like, it aligns. You know what I'm saying? Like it did for me this run. My cousin, is a count as Herbicles over there in the tie-dye. They asked him, yo, you got muscles because you, you paddle stir? <laughs> Probably. Nah, he's always been big. But um, he, he was washing with me. I don't have any helpers. I do a lot of my washing alone. A lot of fucking hours standing, working. It's a grind, right? My wife helps me a lot with harvesting and stuff like that, but she holds it down with the kids and shit so I can get undivided attention in the process. Because this process, I, I honor it when I make hash. Like I said before, there's a period of time that there's a lapse, right? I was doing the medical thing and I was in my head, I was like, man, I want to go recreational. I'm never going to grow again. And I fucking stopped growing. And there's a, there's a power into, this, into the words you profess. Guess what happened? I fucking went wreck and I wasn't washing again or growing again. But I got into a deal where I got fucking bamboozled. So then I was like, shit, man, I wish, why the fuck did I call this upon myself? So now, very thankful that, that I'm able to. So while I'm in that washroom, no matter how fucking cold it is, no matter how much my feet hurt, I don't know if you guys have ever washed in a pair of shacks from Walmart before, but I bought shoes, sh sh shitty ass shoes to like 
be like, yo, these shoes are not going to step on anything but the washroom floor. And I've had them shits get bruised as fuck. But never once do I disrespect that process. You know what I mean? Because I lost it once. It escaped me once because I said it. I said it. You know, so every time I wash it, it's the last time. It's like fucking, um, it's like saying goodbye to a friend for now. Until, the ne until next time. So, Herbicles, when I got a big project, I, I could count on my cousin. He's a dude that I know I can be like, yo, yo, lads, you can you fly and help me? Because I need I need somebody dependable. I, I need your help, dog. He didn't know how to wash, but he learned from watching me, right? Now he has his own single source. He uh, and and that and it's again it's professed it. He was like, man, it got to a point. He was like, man, you know what I want, bro? I want to have my own grow. I want to grow my own shit, and I want to make my own hash. I want to make hash. Yo, give it up to him. Shit, he's making hash now, growing his own work. It's tight, right? So get into that. He runs the same strains that I do. I don't give out strains, but to my blood, yeah, because I, I wanted to lead him in the right path. He's like, no, I'm, I'm going to pop some seeds. I was like, yeah, man, but you know what? To start you off and then you start fetal hunting, I'm going to send you my shit. But hold it down and run it. It's going gonna, it's gonna, to, you know what I'm saying? You'll see. So I, I went, you know, I've ran it with him before. I went to his spot. And I've washed it. He's helped me wash, let's say, crema de papaya before. And he's seen it from my single source. And this time, because like I said, I hadn't grown in a year. I put a lot of love into this run. Like I told you, I'm like, yo, I'm in the room. And, um, but I'm not going to say nothing bad about this shit because it's hearing me. The fucking, the universe is hearing me. So I, I ain't even going to try to think bad about it. But like, yo, I can't, I can't wait to share it with you. So my, I called my cousin, he, you know, yo, come with me to the smoking jacket. I don't want to go alone. Of course, shit, he, he's a rider, he's here. I told him, I was like, yo, I got a lot of shit, but dog, when you fly in, he's like, yo, I'll help you, dog. I'm like, nah, nah, don't worry, I'm going to be done, bro. Nah, I wasn't done. Picked him up, I was like, yo, you got to help me wash, man. Because I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Unless I bring one flavor, we got to wash like right now. We washed. When he was looking at the bags, he's like, damn, look at this shit. There's not even one speck in this shit. Damn, this shit looks fire. You know what I mean? His shit looks fire too. And to me, I'm not, I'm not conceited. I was looking at it and I'm like, yes, thank God. My shit's looking fire. Thank God my 120 doesn't look like, like pesto. How much 160 do I got? That's my gauge. How much 150? Is it good? Can I separate it? It's like, all right, damn, thank God. Because last run, shit wasn't looking so hot. You know what I mean? When I pulled it out of the oven, he sh I was like, yo, shine the light, lads. Damn. Look at that shit. Damn. Yo, now, it's like, yo, I washed it. I just washed this shit. But now I know how tight this string could get. And um, he's like, yo, I ain't trying to, like, blow you up and shit. I know I'm here cribbing shit, but, like, I was like, nah, dog, you're saying what I'm thinking. It might, but like, you know what I mean? Like, I look at it, I'm like, I'm fucking impressed myself. You know what I mean? Shit, I don't chill with people when they pull their hash out the oven. I, probably shit doper than my shit, but it was some of the dopest shit I had ever pulled. 
no matter how good of a hash maker I am. So he said, he's like, uh, where we were driving, he's like, yo, I'm so fucking motivated. When I get out of here, I'm going to go back. He has a room going, I'm going to fucking run my single source. And, and man, that was like seeing, I'm, I'm inspired right now. And I was like, yeah, me too. But I, yeah, it makes me happy to inspire. Even my cousin, when he tells me like that, he, shit, he don't have to tell me that. You know what I mean? But, um, Which is funny because your cousin was an influence on you. Shit, he, you know, he put me down. I was growing in a closet with some fucking Home Depot security lights and shit, turning them into some some fixtures. And uh, he took, like, you know, he, he put me down. He put me in, in, in something bigger scale. And um, that's what when, when I moved to, to Washington, it, shit, big up to Flora. I was li like, you know, I won't say I wasn't shit, but damn, I, I definitely, you know, didn't have people saying talking about me and before I got in, into this. I was working a nine to five and I saw a thing on the news that said, Washington passes this fucking bill about recreational marijuana. And I was like, damn, some of the happiest times of my life was when I was growing weed. Like, I wish I could grow some weed because damn, you know what? I, I made some, some decent money. I'm fucking broke as a joke right now. And um, you know, shit, it will be tight to move to Washington. She was like, we should move to Washington. Man, she'll probably, she's probably gonna fucking correct me when she listens to this. Might have been like October, bro. Shit, might have even been November. And uh, she was like, yeah, well, we should move. And I was like, nah, let's wait for the income tax and shit. Like, how the fuck are we supposed to move out there? I don't know nobody there. She's like, nah, we'll sell everything we got and we'll move out there. I thought she was crazy, bro. I was like, what? My friends are like, bro, are you sure, bro? About what you're doing? I didn't even tell my moms on, on God. I didn't even tell my family. I just fucking ghosted because I was afraid they're going to be like, yo, you're crazy as fuck. If I, if I would talk to my son, you know, be like, yo, dude, are you sure, dude? But I, I remembered. Shit, if it wasn't for my cousin, I wouldn't, wouldn't have experienced that. Shit, sure enough, right here, here I am, man. We moved to Washington not knowing nobody. Because of my wife being brave, I was able to talk to, I was trimming. I, I used to make BHO. I will probably say that shit. I lived in an apartment. I stand with a little fucking, uh, it, it was a glass cannon, a little column. It looked like it was like a, a one of those penis pump attachments. Fucking buying master cases of butane and shit in the middle of the night, like at 12 o'clock uh, midnight, making oil. And my oil sucked. And I, I would buy trim and I met this dude that he was uh, pre pretty wealthy and he had a lot of locations. And I bought some material from him and he was like, hey man, do you want to trim at some spots? Because I'll pay you in, in trim, fresh trim. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah. Let's, all right, cool. I sat down at that, at one of those houses and the dude had me fucking picking. If you see a fungus gnat, make sure to pick it off the flower. And I was like, a fucking fungus snack? What do you mean? Why do you even have this shit stuck to the flower, dude? I was looking at the weed like, yo, this weed sucks. From a culture that, like, we smoke good weed. It's like, Miami is, you know, we didn't know the strain. It was just creepy. That was a slang term. We smoke good weed, bro. If you're spending $10 on a half a gram back then, it better be some fire. If we were selling packs back then, trust me, my cousin would walk in that shit like, yo, 
the shit ain't looking right or whatever because he wanted it to come out right. So dude picks me up. And it got to a point, the girl was like, hey man, shut up and just fucking trim. It's like, whatever, dude. The dude picked me up. I didn't even have a car when I moved to Washington. He was like, oh, so what do you think about the, like, what do you think? I was like, yo, you want me to be honest? I grow way better than that shit. He's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, that shit was trash, bro. He was like, yeah. He was like, oh, but you, you know, how, what do you know about growing? I was like, man, I know a lot about fucking growing because where I'm from, like maybe you got a medical card and shit, but where I was from, if there, there ain't no fucking uh, return to, it's pretty much return to go, but you're going to fucking, you're going to eat the shit sandwich if they fucking run up on you. The, the, the different levels. You better come out good because if they don't buy it, shit, you're taking that risk for what? And you better be discreet because if they run up on you, then what? Right? So, like, you get kind of like, it needs to come out good. Because there, even back then, there was the cheap $1,500 packs. And then there was a fire shit. And what we wanted to do is pull the fire shit. So I knew a little something about fucking growing tight. Right. So I fucking, I told dude, I was like, hey, man, I know, trust me. He's like, oh, he stopped the car. He's like, oh, you want to see the spot that I got that we're about to set up? And um, I was like, yeah. Yo, he busted a, a fucking Yui took, and took me to the, the place I lived for the next four years. And guess who was my fucking partners? Oh, shut up and trim and his cousin. Damn, that, that was her. Uh, and uh, yeah, my, my investor was mad happy with me, bro. So I got favor from that guy. So I began, I began to have to tell these motherfuckers how to grow. They were on, they had their text. I was like, you know, he was like, hey, uh, all right, you guys, you're going to do exactly what Ozzy said, said to do because your shit's coming out like a fall. I can't even move it to my guy. My guy doesn't want your, your plush berry anymore. And uh, so you're going to stop growing in this and that. You're going to grow in cocoa now. They're like, I've never grown in cocoa. I was like, yeah, well, shut up. And buy some fucking cocoa and listen to him. <laughs> so yeah, that you know, fucking started from there, dog, from from that that beginning. And uh, half of the shit, it was from an 18 lighter to a 45 lighter, and while building the upstairs, which was another 40. And although I knew how to grow good, I bullshitted myself through a whole lot of uh, uh, of the efficiency shit. Imagine trimming 18 lights and running a trim party and running a trim party with 45 lights. Shit, that felt like hell. You know what I mean? Or like just being, uh, having, starting from like a small, we used to put our shit from clone, right? We clone in, in Florida, fill up, like crop the room fast as fuck. And we right. put them in there as babies, veg in that motherfucker for a long ass time. Using some like passed down knowledge, growing trees, flipping it. And I went from that to like a nursery and a grow. And bro, I was, I hardly slept because I did it. I was paranoid. He's like, hey, all right, well, I'm going to send so-and-so to help you. I was like, nah, you're not going to send nobody to my house to help me because I don't want to get jacked. A, I don't want the cops to run up on me. So I forced myself to do a lot of shit by myself and dog I'll, I'll tell you what I learned how to be efficient you know what I mean and then I kind of 
softened up and did allow some helpers that I, that they were I would pay them good as fuck. I was like, yo, what are you used to getting paid to trim a pound? 150. All right, well here's 200. Yo, this round, this work is coming out fire. This dispensary's picking up 10 packs because it went from meeting somebody at the parking lot to like making drops, and making drops was tight. Pull up to a fucking shop with a security guard and move a 10 pack. I was like, all right, guys, hey, how much? I need a 10 pack today. 250 bucks a dry pound. Damn, I had an old lady that she was busting out three to four. I had to tell her like, yo, slow down. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have to pay. I'm paying all my money over here to you. But yeah, then th- then Instagram started fucking becoming a little more public. But nowadays, I, I I'm back to the obstacle where I started. You know what I mean? Things don't change, right? We were went medical. And now everything is wrecked. Ain't no card to kind of fall back on. That's that's what happens. It happened in in uh in Washington. So, but then what happens? You can't go back and fucking erase your past, right? So all this, all the my face still up on the internet. I don't want people to know where I live. I got I got fucking my my private life. All the fucking weed brand shirts, because, you know, I was fucking with brands and shit that were, like, fucking with me. I'd wear their shit everywhere. It was like, whatever. I stopped wearing logos. No more weed, weed shit. And then stopped posting so much on Instagram. You guys don't see me post too much, right? I was sitting in my car or in the car in the drive, and I can go through, like, the four, last three years and, like, the first swipe and shit. And it ain't because I don't like Instagram. It's because... I got more and more recluse. I was like, man, I, I want to last in this game. You know, you you were asked, you were gonna ask me about it last time. You're like, yo, and I get asked this shit all the time, all the time. Yo, what happened to your Hashishan episode? That <laughs> shit was the tightest episode. Man, where can I listen to the Hashishan episode? I'm like, nah, man, I had it taken down. Now, I never listened to it. Not because I didn't think it was good, but I'm sure everyone, like the way you sound in your head when you talk and then the way you hear yourself in a recording sounds different. So I don't like to hear myself the way I sound and I can't stomach hearing myself for three hours or whatever. But it got to a point, it must have been like, it was like a a moment of the all time anxiety. And I called you and I was like, yo, yeah, I'm feeling some sort of way, dog. I feel like I was a little too trappy on my shit, talking too much shit about what I did and, with, and all sorts of things. And uh, brother, you know, all it takes is some like, you know, wrong person to hear this. And all this is kind of like, you know, put me in a bind, bro. And you're, and you're like, I, I don't know if you misunderstood me. You're like, yo, man, but this is also on all sorts of platforms and shit. And it's like the, the whatever. And I was like, nah, nah, man, listen, I don't think you understood me. I need this shit off of all the motherfucking platforms, dog. I don't care. I don't want to, you know, I'm just feeling some sort of way. I'm really sorry. But, yo, it's the most listened to podcast. Sorry, dog. Now, did I overreact? You listen to it again and you tell me, you're like, hey, it wasn't trappy at all. So we're going to re-release it. As, As like combination with this podcast, because it's a lot of origin 
shit and, and it has it plays a part. But I was more mindful of what I did. I was more mindful of how I acted around my neighbors. I wasn't trying to be shout out no more because they be treating that shit in some states as like if you're manufacturing meth and it, all it is is ice and water. You know what I mean? It's like a holistic medicine. I, w- I was telling my cousin, I'm like, yo, the, the best drug is weed. That motherfucker grows under the sun. Like you can tell the quality of it. You can't fake the funk. You know what I mean? But unfortunately, although it's recreational and you can smoke it, they took your rights away from it, right? They don't want you to make money from it. They want you to fucking pay the highest taxes in the world, in, in the country, let's say, the highest bracket. It's the bracket there alongside the mafia and the manufacturing of illegal drugs because the government wants you to fucking pay taxes on the fucking sales of your of other substances. That shit ain't fair, right? I, what do you think? Tax brackets in the 30s, dude. And then they get taxed all the way down the line and, and it takes the love out of the shit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know a lot about it, but I think that it's one of the most, if not the most kind of highly taxed one. And uh, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't really make sense or add up. But yeah, you know, right now, I think it's a weird state. You mentioned a four-year period. It's been almost four years since we talked. And curious what you feel like the current state of, like you called it earlier, the solventless industry is. Yeah. Yeah, so... It had been a while. Everyone's dealing with the the economy and it ain't to sound political, but I go buy a gallon of milk and I'm paying $14. I, I, I haven't like, I'm so budget minded that I can't be buying steaks because I got a family. And when I, it ain't one steak, it's a couple pounds of steak. And then like making the same money or less, but everything costs more money. I got a, a Diesel Dodge. And man, I sure love driving it. Now when it's eight dollars a gallon, that shit only goes to the dump now, bro, and I gotta use it. You know what I'm saying? So I was sitting in a position where I was made around. And I, I, I could have used some extra loot. I was sitting on some work. And I hit and the market right now uh, is a buyer's market. Which means that I'm sure you guys are all suffering from it from time to time recently, but the prices of the work is going down. The people that were buying my work, I'll take it all or whatever. I'll I'll leave a deposit. They're buying four zips, eight zips. Yo, I can only do one to uh, 14. What the fuck you mean one to 14? I'm melting with you. Like I told dude, I was like, yo, you smoking crack, bro? I'd rather one to 14. I wish I could buy my shit at one to 14. One to 14, I'll smoke, I'll smoke it all, dude. Because this shit ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. It's a lot of work. So, shit. I was going to come. Shiragam was like, yo, man, just don't call anybody out by name. I was like, no, nah, I'm not. But I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a fucking get everybody together. Yo, we got to keep our prices tight and don't undercut one another, which is the truth. Right? It shouldn't be a buyer's market, dude. It should be the hash makers market. The buyer and props to them, they're the, they, they, they're the money flow, right? 
But is it fair for them to make half? You sell something for 50 and it's in the streets for a hundo. Now, the plug doesn't have that much of an overhead. He has to do the legwork, but it ain't like you're selling him just like a jar and he's putting his sticker on it. You know what I mean? The, the, the brand consistency and shit, it's a name people want. So it's just, they're like, they're the outlet for a lot of people, especially since the cup stopped and vending and all that stopped. You couldn't make drops at shops. They are the access point in this current market. Now, should they make the, the same as what they're putting in when I have to pay an electric bill that the kilowatts per hour go up every year? Rising cost of, I grow, I grow with salts and cocoa. Rising cost of nutrients. The cocoa is at an all-time high per bag. Fixtures, shit. I got LEDs in my shit. They're expensive as hell. You know what I mean? My my everything on my shit is like as dialed in as I can, as much data as I can, so I can grow it as good as I can. All that costs money. You know, so like on the 50, let's say I'm really making and then forecasting bills and everything, because it's an ongoing overhead, you know, it's not it's not like it's just spaying out money like an ATM. Let's say I'm really making like 35. Maybe, you know, 40. So why should the buyer make 50? That's disrespectful almost. But so then it does, it, uh, so you tell them, they're like, yo, man, this, you know, they'll be like, man, people are hurting out in the streets. They don't want to pay a hundo. I was like, all right, then drop your fucking price. Like drop your, your markup. I mean, move more work. Be the guy in the streets then with the 80 and cop more from me. And let's get it pumping. Instead, you want me to drop my prices to 40 to 45? Yo, I work with a farm that they sell me some fire milk for the thousand. You'd be surprised. I'm like, nah, I'm not surprised. But maybe you should like fucking big them, like try to fucking help them, bro. I, I made a, uh, I posted some stuff on my story and somebody was like, yeah, oh yeah. Well, it's because you don't grow enough. Okay. Maybe so. I, I don't have the biggest grow, but that shit's going to catch up to you. It's only your, hey, you can only scale so much when you're only making so much. You know what I mean? So I had told Chris, big dogs, he said it before too, the Terp Templars, right? I was telling Chris, I was like, yo, we should get a group of all the dudes in the region, all the hash makers that are in this game and make like, like I just use the word like a union, but make like a team, a group, that is, you know, invite only or whatever, homies, that we can keep the price the same, that we can have like a network of people we work with. So if one person that you trust, uh, like a, a, a peer you respect, says, man, I've just worked to so-and-so, Zeus been a good guy for a long time. And look, he just, he just spent 15 on me, but he's sitting on another 20. And instead of being like him, like, you know, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I, I've seen it happen. It's happened to me. Yo, dog, we're calling this guy and that guy and they ain't picking up my phone call. They might, they might think, they must think I'm weird. Like the plug, can you put me down with him? I'll be like, man, I don't really know them. Or who do you know that, that um, has fire right now? I'm not a very social guy. I don't know, dog. I really don't know. My bad. 
And sometimes it's like letting money walk, bro. And I don't do it because of greed. But damn, wouldn't it be nice if you could be like, yo, man. Yeah, here, take the 15. How much you got? I'm going to put you down with so-and-so. And this is like, you know, I'm going I'm to plug you in. So you, so that person can eat too. Right? Like that camaraderie. Instead of, instead of being um, at each other's necks, we already got the boot on our necks. As it is, that industry is hurting. Just fucking pass it along. For companies that are just getting in the game, like, damn, that farm that's doing $1,000 zips, bro. Mentorship. Now, I'm not talking mentorship like, hey, I'm going to teach you how to make good hash. Nah, man. Like, when I've been thought about to make workshops, like, somebody was like, yo, you should do a workshop and teach people how to make hash, right? Like, yeah, that's cool, too. But I would want to teach like, like, uh, you know, yo, I dropped out of college halfway, but that motherfucker got hash 101 and then whatever the fuck, you know, trying to get your master's and shit. If you got a master's level question, I'm there for you. You know what I'm saying? If you ever wonder like, yo, like, you know, Cuban, I've always wanted to make good mailman, but like, like, how do you do this? Because I'm doing that and that. And I'm trying everything. I've tried this and this and that. But what, you know, like lead you in the right way. You can't fucking spoon feed everybody, but if you, you know, you can give them the tidbits of information for them to be like, damn, all right. But like a support system like that, or like, yo, homie, like they, they, they did to me. Stop dropping your work at $1,000. You're fuck undercutting everybody else. You're fucking yourself. Like yourself, man. You're disrespecting what this is. You're disrespecting Everybody that's standing up on their goddamn feet for hours. Put a value on it. Now, another thing. Minimum wage is going up. Everything's more expensive, right? When the when all the lockdowns and shit stopped, they're like, yo, we couldn't get people into jobs fast enough. We're offering some like crazy ass pay. So people are getting paid more. They'd be sending money in the mail. But I go to fucking Safeway. And I buy like, you know, two, three, four things. I'm spending a hundred bucks. But then I, you know, a thousand or fourteen hundred. So then I'm making less money and I got to spend more money. Like, where the hell is this supposed to make? Like, you know, where, where, how am I supposed to make this work? So we've had ebbs and flows in the market. The last time this happened, I want to say was 2018, 2017. There is all this work for the 40 and the 45. So me... I always had like my, my wholesale because to me, I'm not going to undervalue myself. I'm not going to play myself. If you don't want to pick up my work, that's all good. You got the, the 40 and the 45. You can go pick up that work. You know what I mean? But it got to a point that um, I was like, yo, dog, your work is tight. You got to up your PRs. When we do this collab, you can, we're going to do it in, in, I don't know the, the word, like the stipulation in place that it has to be at a certain PR. You're not going to undercut me. But you should follow this too. Because the more you push your work, the better it gets, the more value it is, the more valuable it is in people's eyes, the rarer it is. Uh, it is a hoard out. And the, the better it is for you in the end of the day. Yo, I'm sure hash makers, you know, they're probably making some money. 
But it ain't no fucking scientist money and shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. I've looked at fucking... Um, when people whip out their phone and they pull up the Bank of America and I see a motherfucking comma and three, six numbers in that shit. And I'm like, damn, if I fucking uh, deposit a certain amount of money in my Bank of America, they'll be calling me up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what I told them too was these people that were at the 60 and 70 and then because the market hurt and they're undercutting each other going to the 55 and the 50 and the 45 and the 40. And then they go from... I can't justify doing 90 rosin and now it's full spec. I was calling that shit the 40U for the 40 or the 45U for the $45 a gram. So like if you're a brand that your shit is at like, you know, I don't know. I don't know designer shit, but like a pair of Jordans. You're like at the Jordans and then you go to the shack just because you want to move some shoes or move your product. When the, when the market shifts and then people are, they go from paying 1000 or 1400 and it goes to the 16 and the 18 and the two. Yo, why should I pay the two for you when you're the 1400? You know what I mean? That's real shit. Now, I've never experienced that. What I've experienced is shit, my fucking bills start to get old and my work's in the freezer for a while and it makes me feel a little frustrated. So I told him, I was like, man, we should get people together because then it kind of forces, like, yo, this group of, of uh, high-end producers, you can't get this work for anything under. But, I'll, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll bring it up and I'll, you know, but then those cats are doing, doing, playing the same shit that they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying, not Chris. Chris keeping it real. Chris is one that I gave him that talk. Shit, I gave him the Kaya. When I met him, I was like, yo, no longer are you selling this shit for this PR. From now on, it's this. Shit, has changed his life, but I'm pretty sure that, you know, he ain't never sold it for that PR again. Now, yeah, damn right, right? So what I, I'm saying is that, man, instead of fighting each other, work together. You know what I'm saying? Instead of fucking sliding into the plugs DM and trying to fucking take money off of someone's plate, work together because you know what I'm saying everybody gotta eat bro now I told you I, I had came I was salty dog because I was I was salty I I had some work it was like you know and everybody was having trouble moving work my homies were telling me that yo you know I fucking gotta pay a big ass electric bill and like I might have to sell my shit for this and that just to make ends meet and um, I hit up the usual, the usual people on my fucking, my Rolodex. And uh, they were like, hey man, no, nah, we can't really take that much work right now. Or my funds are all tied up. Or, yo, you know, the, uh, that shit needs, and, it, and it, I'm gonna say this disclaimer because when I said it, I got my own homie sliding in. They're like, hey man, I kind of feel like you're shitting on me because I use black jars with the side wrap. I didn't mean that. It's tight. If you use black, the black jars are cool and the side wraps are cool too. That's all good. But you know what happened to me? I hit up my boy and he's like, hey man, I can't pick it up if it don't got a black jar and a side wrap. Like, what the fuck do you mean, bro? Like, you, who, who cares about that shit? It's what, what's inside that matters, dude. He's like, yeah, but you know, the people that, that, that I be moving work to, 
they need the side wraps and it needs to be holographic. And I was at somebody's house and uh, they brought out three boxes of, of, of all rosin. And it was like, I'm not going to name brands, but it was so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so, the top motherfuckers with the side wraps. I don't got to tell you their names. They just come up to mind, right? And there was, and you know, these, these clients were looking at them and there was these ones in the middle that they were super holographic. And they had so much artwork and then they had a special finish that looked like that motherfucker got a candy paint job with clear coat. And, um, and they wanted all of that. But little did they know, although they were all the, the, the same MSRP, that was the cheapest wholesale and the lowest quality. But why did they buy it? Because it looked fucking crazy, right? And he's like, yo, and when they left, shit. I mean, I, I, it was so crazy. Me and my, my homie, we started fucking laughing. And I told him, I was like, yo, dog, with all due respect, and I'm cool with this dude. This dude's put a lot of, you know, help, help me fucking um, be able to pay my bills, dog. And I know way that it's like, you're doing me a favor, but you got to give thanks to these people because when shit went uh, recreational, the, it shit done change. You got you had to fuck with a whole different group of people. And it was the plugs. So I, I, I have respect for this guy and I respect our relationship and friendship. But I told him, yo, with all due respect, you're a fucking mids pusher, bro. He's like, oh, but what do you mean, bro? But you know that I think mode is everything and you know how I am. But And I was like, yeah, dog. But why didn't you educate these fools, bro? Like they're there in front of you and you're telling me you, you consciously knew that the shit was worse and that they were wanting to buy it. But you didn't do the, the shit like be a man and tell them that that shit is whack. That you paid the cheapest for that shit. And that's what's in your mind right there. You're thinking about it in your, in your fucking head while they're buying and you're taking their money. And you're a fucking mids pusher, dog. You know what I'm saying? And then you're wanting to offer me shitty ass prices. And like you maybe were about quality at some point. But you ain't about that shit anymore. I just had to tell it, you know, like, like I posted after. It ain't me saying, you know, no disrespect, but it ain't like I'm disrespecting you and like you softening the blow. I ain't trying to make you like brace yourself. I'm about to diss you right now because you ain't wanting to buy my shit. No, it's like, hey, man, I'm about to give you some like if it ain't, it ain't no real dude told you this shit. I'm about to fucking tell you this shit on the real how I feel about it, you know? So I was already like, not mentally prepared, but I wasn't taking no damn 1400. And I was already like with a whole energy. I must have been like, just like kind of like negative. And you told me, you're like, yo, don't call nobody out, man. And I was like, man, no, I'm gonna talk about this shit. Well, I'm gonna tell you what, yo, I'm happy as fuck today. I'll tell you why. Why? Yo, because shit, I just harvested a bunch of shit, flavors y'all don't got. So in the streets, it ain't flooded. You know what I mean? People like the exclusivity, right? Shit, they, they, I mean, I'm sure they like a certain brand, but damn, what if you got a certain flavor? Damn, that's tight, right? Or what if you're, uh, you got a certain look and a certain this and a certain whatever? So then when certain strains are in the streets, it might be the 1 to 14. But when you got some special shit, but they ain't in circulation out here. I don't pass out cuts. That's your, that's your bread and butter. But what I noticed 
when I took down my single source and not saying my single source is better than the last shit I watched or whatever the, the case, but because of what I had, yo, I haven't even got a single 1400, dog. So what does that tell you? Switch it up. Start pheno hunting. You know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes, like my boy, for example, rainbow belts will be lit. and be like, yo, I got about a seeds of rainbow belts because I tried some rainbow belts and it's lit. By the time he got the damn seed and shit and it washes, nobody wants to fucking buy no rainbow belts because it's a clone only. Every motherfucker got hoard out and you can't put clone only uh, fucking pheno hunting. Nobody gives a shit, bro. But how did that rainbow belts get popping? Because somebody thought about it and they decided to pop it. Cannabis Chris. Shit, dude in his catalog of prices, he got like, like 100 flavors. You guys might fucking get inspired and pop some shit from, that, from something you tried today. But I'll tell y'all right now, so is everybody else. So when you get the pheno, too late. There's going to be a clone only in circulation. And then guess what happens? You're boxing again. The thousand or fourteen hundred. So. Think outside the box. You know what I mean? Yo, how much? How many of you like garlic? GMO. Raise your hand if you like GMO right now. Like, yeah, nah. You like that shit for real? I mean, I like it, right? But, how, but when you say GMO or garlic, people are like, no. Garlic, what? No. No, I should say, nah, dog. You end up with a fridge full of garlic, dog. Yeah, why? Because everybody has it, you know? So distinguish yourself and shit. Make yourself, make your shit um, unique, man. You know? But yeah, sorry if I'm fucking going on a tangent, dog. No, man, I appreciate you. We want to give a shout out to Ozzy for coming on again. I also want to give a shout out to our sponsor who makes the podcast possible. Rosin Evolution, as well as a shout out to the people at Good People Coffee who have been extremely patient with us. We've gone over a little bit of our schedule, so I want to thank them as well for that. So on that note, you know, I think Ozzy, I appreciate you coming yeah, on, man. I saw dudes. Yeah, my bad. But I, I'm very thankful to uh, to be on here. Thank, thank you to, uh, to you, brother, for again giving me the platform. I don't do a lot of podcasts, but I do appreciate this one. And in the hash world, your shit is second to none. Thank you. Like, man. It might be, a, yeah, give him a round of applause. For sure. Might be people trying to get in the game, but you know what? Just like the originality, too late. And, and, and in we too, I don't know of a lot of podcasts. I do listen to them. Some have come and gone, but your shit's still out here. You know what I'm saying? So, yo, the fact that I can even, that you can even say, you were with me four years ago. Shit, that's tight, dog. I agree, man. And I'm, you know, happy to call you a friend now after Likewise. all this time. We appreciate you all hanging out with us. We'll pass the Q&A to tomorrow. That's why we'll be able to chill more. And you guys will actually be able to kind of pick Ozzy's brain. But yeah, thank you, brother. Thank you. Ozzy Cuban Grower. Let's give him a last hand. Thank you, guys. And again, uh, shout out to my wife for holding it down. I love you, and I do hope that you have her on there because she's a real gangster, the real Cuban grower. You know, I take a lot of the credit, uh, but she's, you know, the real ones know what it is. You know what I mean? So I think uh, she, she would inspire women, of course, but the dudes alike because she was whooping up all the dudes 
and if she was in the female category and shit, she was there going up against the best. So um, I'd love to, myself personally, have her story out there. We'd love to have her, so we can't wait for that. Well, again, thank you all for joining us today at the first Smoking Jacket 2022. That's a wrap. Catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the Hashish Inn. If you like the podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review. Until next time.